0: Welcome to Everyday Economics, a podcast that helps you learn about the economic world happening around you every day. I'm your host, Chris Krug, president of the 501c3 nonprofit Franklin News Foundation. Everyday Economics is a production of America's Talking Network. You can check out all of our great podcasts at americastalking.com. To support podcasts such as this one, please make your tax-deductible charitable contribution by clicking the link in the show description. We're recording this episode on Monday, November 14th. Joining me is Dr. orfe Devonguiz, a PhD economist and my partner. I want to talk about the FTX crypto crash, which is a suggested topic from one of our readers, pinged me over the weekend, said, hey, could you try to make some sense of this for us? And I said, I will do my best. And so here's what we know. FTX was a crypto exchange. Managed by a fairly high-profile 30-something billionaire by the name of Sam Bankman Freed.
1: 30-year-old, that's crazy, isn't yeah, it?
0: Yeah. <laughs> he, had, he, had, he had accomplished quite a bit in a, in a relatively short period of time. His exchange has completely fallen apart. Massive withdrawals, gates around what remains you know, in the exchange. So there's no more money coming out of the exchange. Questions about how much money was in the exchange to begin with this is perhaps one of the darkest moments for cryptocurrency in the existence of cryptocurrency like the big fear realized that this decentralized monetary system has flaws that don't protect the consumer potentially can cost people a lot of money and 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 stability can you unpack the FTX crash as best as you possibly can
1: yeah exactly I mean I I, I... Didn't follow closely until recent. And so you have a situation where basically you have this 30-year-old guy uh, by the name of Sam Bankman-Fried, people call him SBF, who founded a crypto hedge fund and a crypto exchange. So he's got this hedge fund on one side. Mm -hmm. He's got the exchange, which is vastly popular, FTX on the other side. And
0: and well-marketed and well-branded. I mean, Major League Baseball umpires have been wearing an FTX logo Absolutely. on their uniforms now for a couple of years and Tom Brady's been a spokesperson for FTX.
1: I believe in FTX. I mean like who wouldn't want an exchange, right? Like you have this centralized exchange you can exchange dollars for tokens and tokens for dollars and and whatever else. Token it seemed like a great idea. So yeah, I liked I liked the concept. But anyway, so you have this situation where FTX has a token called FTT Right. Remember this is these two things, these two entities, the hedge fund and FTX are created by the same guy. FTX is a token, creates a token, an FTT token. The hedge fund created by that guy, the same guy, SBF, buys the FTT token at a very low price. FTX pumps the FTT and then the hedge fund uses the FTT, which it created itself, right? Because it's the same guy as collateral. To borrow real assets, real-world assets. You can imagine, right, if I created my own money, (laughs) think about that, Chris, for a second. If you and I created our own money, right, which is worth absolutely nothing, and then we said, hey, we're going to use our own money to go ahead and borrow against the next house we want to build or a big, uh, you know, development project (laughs) as collateral for a development project, right? That's a little bit of what is allegedly, allegedly to have happened. And so that would be a crime.
0: Well, some have likened it to a, a, a Ponzi scheme-like situation, you know, where, where it's really just a pyramid of uh, trust, you know, funneling up toward the top from the bottom.
1: Basically, you have a situation where everyone had predicted. Once the Fed was going to start raising interest rates, you start to get this quantitative tightening in place, that funds for all these speculative things out there, were going to start to dry up. And so when, in fact, the hedge fund started to suffer some losses, our friend SBF allegedly filled the gaps with money from depositors in FTX, right? And so that's another thing that is allegedly to have gone on. And so you have this stuff. Well, anyway, that's the story. We'll see what happens next, right? Because we're all kind of paying attention to this. I think to reassure most people, unless a traditional financial system has significant exposure to this asset, or I shouldn't even call it an asset, to this instrument, then uh, then there's no major risks. Let's
0: let's bring it back into that focus. I mean, the vast majority of Americans don't have any personal investment in FTX. Um, They probably have a limited awareness to what FTX even means, unless their local stadium bears that name or they've seen it, like I said, on a ball player or excuse me, on an umpire's uh, uniform in Major League Baseball. The bigger question is FTX in this crash – regardless of how, you know, it comes out in the wash for them and for their investors. What is the risk of a meltdown to the broader economy as a consequence of this? I think you're headed in that direction.
1: Yeah, I I think, like you said, I think most people have no idea, right? So because most people don't borrow in crypto to pay for mortgages and credit cards and, you know, all of those things, then the risk of contagion into hitting Mainstream markets is very low, you know. So what I think we need to take out of this, the government should not be in the business of guaranteeing deposits for everyone and everything, right? And and that basically, in a situation like this, there could have been some fraud involved. I say could have been because it's still alleged. When fraud takes place, the government's role is to punish it. That's it, punish the fraud. So that potentially, hopefully, they won't be repeat actors. We should make sure that consumers have all the information available to them at any time. That should, be a, that should be a norm, that in order for markets to work well, consumers should have information available about what's going on, about what they're investing in, about where they put their money, and that the bad actors should be severely punished for misleading consumers. I think that is how government should work when it comes to situations like this.
0: Well, I appreciate your thoughts on that. This is just a yes or no question. Cryptocurrency, should it be regulated? Yes or no? That's a tough one, man. Uh, no, I don't think so. I agree with you, but but you know what that's gonna require is a smarter investor, someone who's more thoughtful well, well, about just, what cryptocurrency is and the risk. It's not simply, you know, a lottery ticket the way that a lot of people. The,
1: the, I guess the question is, should it be available to mom and pop Investors, yes or no? Because mom and pop investors don't have the time to learn all about the assets. Right? I'd say, I'd say yes. Going on.
0: I'd say yes, and the and the burden is on uh, is on the investor to do the homework. But I would say yes. Yeah, it mean, should be available. Exactly,
1: exactly. But but then the, the investor should have all of the information. I mean, when I look at but, it, but I, I look at but let's argue right? this. Any let's, company I want to invest in. Let's right?
0: argue this for a second. Right. And I'm not I don't typically argue with you, but let's argue this first. (laughs) What investment have you made where you felt like you've had all of the information?
1: I mean there's risk involved in everything. There's risk involved in everything, but I take the time to do my homework. That is so But you don't have all the
0: information and you certainly can't I I
1: probably don't for sure. But there should be some information available. There should be a baseline right I, I mean any company you want to invest in today you have access to just about everything that that you need as an individual to make it to make an an informed decision you track apple you love apple you track apple you, you look at their price to earnings ratio you look at their books you you know you know everything that everybody else has access to basically mm-hmm. and so i think that's what you know we need to get the public to the level of hey i understand what it is i'm risking here and that's it i think you know, if you don't have any risk anymore, you remember, no risk, no reward, you know, and there has to be opportunities to make money out there. Right. So we need that. We need that crypto space. Absolutely. How far should government go? It's, it should just be about transparency, and that's it.
0: I don't disagree. Good conversation as always. For Orfeg this has been Chris Krug. Subscribe to Everyday Economics and dozens of other quality podcasts at americastalking.com.